Welcome to All About the Benefits. This show is dedicated to helping you better understand the world of benefits so that you can better serve those that serve you. And now, here's your host, Lori Jewett. All right, you guys, welcome back. I am super excited to have you once again. So today I am joined with Christian John Orsos. I tried. I did my best. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, yeah I, I can't do the, the, the beautiful Latin S or R. So um, no, no, it's, it's actually perfect. Yeah, it? that's a right. Yay! That's a yeah. win. Okay. So Christian is in um, the automation. I'm going to let him talk about that because I don't, I get confused, but a Latin dancer, um, specializes in automate automation, um, all sorts of cool stuff. So first off, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. And why don't you kind of take a couple minutes and just let us know a little bit about your background, what you do, and then we'll just have a fun conversation. Of course. Yeah. So what I do is, I mean, maybe it's a little bit hard to, to explain. I'll keep it the shortest and sweetest as possible. So what I do is using tools and softwares to reduce the amount of work that is done in companies so that more time can be used for production, like sales and marketing, and less time can be done in admin staff, uh, anything that is data entry, client onboarding, a bunch of like manual things. I make sure that as little work is done in that area. And so you can call myself an um, operations specialist, fractional. And, but what I really do is a remote systems integrator. So are you familiar with the visionary and integrator yes. duality? Well, I am. I don't know if the listeners are, but. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the, there's a dichotomy between visionaries and integrator, right? The visionary is the person with the big idea and has like big dreams and everything. And I'm also big of a visionary too, but I'm perhaps more of an integrator. So I say, okay, you have, you want to. You want to target a thousand leads. Okay. How do we target a thousand leads? We can send an email list. We can send a text blast. We can create a Facebook group and add people from your email list there. So making your, your plans kind of land, you know, mm-hmm. in reality. And then actually building the stuff that is needed for that. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent visionary. Like I took the test and I'm glad not that I needed to. The integrator stuff. I'm like, nope, I got to have people uh, to help with that. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, so let's deep dive into that just a little bit. What are the, so what are the benefits of having those automations in place? And, you know, for the, the texts and in, in the emails, I mean, other than obviously saving time, but what are some of the other benefits of that? That's, that's part of it. I'll tell you right now. So there are mainly four benefits of having your automations in place. First of all, one automation in place I wish, I don't know if I, I'm allowed to share screen today, but if not, then that's fine. And I'll... It only I'll airs that. in audio, so it would they wouldn't be able yeah. to see it anyway. Don't worry. Don't worry. So um, four main benefits. First of all, is that you get more you get more time to spend on marketing and marketing and sales and less time doing back office. What are some types of automations? For example, data entry. I see a lot of companies and I, I've actually seen in person like brick and mortar. They go and they... They're tracking things with pen and paper, you know, even like million dollar companies, roofing, HVAC, um, home services, they track their things in pen and paper. Like they have their CRM in pen and paper, which for me is like, whoa, shit. 
You know, if you automate all of that, then you can you can save entire salaries, especially if you, you oh, yeah. if you are doing um everything in person, you could save entire US teams salaries. I remember that I one of my first jobs, which I hated, and I swore to myself, like if this is how it's gonna be, I don't want this. I'd rather work for myself, making less really than 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 here. It was um it was a company, I'm not going to say the name, but the job was putting information from a piece of paper like this into a Google Sheets. Oh, the and like, <laughs> crazy. Like this can be, there, there has to be, I didn't know about automations back then. But now that I know, I look back and I say like that full job paying me, it was paying me $12 an hour. They could have coded a, a, a few things here and there once paying a developer or using Zapier and just delete just remove that job maybe remove a job is not a word my word choice is not the best maybe delete is not the word replace could be a better word it could replace that job i think all of and, those yeah and having the person around, be more yeah. doing doing more productive things right yeah i feel it's a waste of human talent to put someone transcribing things or, or they doing data entry like they're it can be automated that's the point yeah and i think the time saving alone Exactly. exactly. For me, because I get easily distracted. You know, you and I have talked about the neurodivergent. My ADHD is like hardcore. I, I get distracted too. Yeah, I can't stay focused that long to like type all that stuff. And that would be. Yeah, so I'll tell you something. I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Ferriss, but I'm sure somebody in the audience at least has to be familiar with Tim Ferriss because he's a big, big OG, original influencers in anything that is digital nomad, work from home. Like he proposed work from home 10 years before COVID. No, really? 15 years before COVID. Way before it was cool, way before it was mainstream, way before TikTok existed and, and people were uh, advocating for work from home. He said, like, you should have a business from home that makes a livable income. It doesn't have to be a millionaire. It has to be livable income working from home. It doesn't need to be, um, you know, that, that ideally can replace a, a full-time income, right? He said that in 26 Sorry, 2006. Oh, wow. And one of the main pillars of his of his proposal, I mean, he has a, I call a proposal because like he's proposing a different way of living. Mm -hmm. He was proposing working from home or not just working from home, but traveling the world, like traveling the world on the income that you make from there, living, living in a different currency. So you can make, you can earn in dollars and spend like in pesos or other currencies. And one of his pillars that he's, it, it's in the book, actually, it's eliminate, it's a DELA, the DELA framework, delegate, eliminate, uh, automate. Um, actually, I forgot the, the third one, but let me, let me check it right now. I have it. It's, yeah, it was delegate, but anyways, yeah, definition, automation, elimination, and liberation. So definition, automation, elimination, and liberation. And basically, one of the main principles of elimination is eliminating things that don't need to be done. And the A of DELA, or it can be DEAL too, you know, DELA or DEAL, it's automating as much as possible. Mm -hmm. He said there, you know, eliminate if you can first, delegate if you can, eliminate if you can't any of the other. And that's, that's where people like me come into place. So... I'll give you an example. One of the benefits is 
if you have employees that are doing the work that is a repetitive task, there is the chance that they commit some errors, spelling, typos, grammar, um, misplacing things, especially if you're, they're working with Excel, mm-hmm. CRMs, they put stuff in the wrong place. But if you have an automation doing it in place, then there is less error. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, if there is an error of the automation, you can get notified. You can have a tool, one of the error handlers that notifies you if there is any error to your email or text. So you know, oh, there is an error. Well, if there is a human making the thing, if there's a human making the thing, most likely they're not going to tell you, they're not going to tell their bosses, hey, I made a mistake. You have to find out typically months later. That's one of the, of the main advantages. Another one of the main advantages is that with automation, you can track things easier. For example, let's say that you are tracking how many sales calls do I get on a monthly basis and I'm counting, I'm going to my calendar and I count. There's another way to do it. Another way to do it is putting sending all those calendar bookings to your Google Sheets, removing duplicates on an autopilot basis. And then at the end of the month, it can send you a notification of how many calls you booked. Mm-hmm. But that's an automation there that I've actually built. And I have my YouTube channel. Maybe should I, should I drop the username or not? Absolutely. Yeah, we can put it in the description yeah. too. Yeah, Christian John Orsos. Christian John Orsos. Uh, I can put the link in the description and I'll show it to you later. That's something that, I mean, that's a content platform that I use a lot for, for publishing my content, for showing people what I do. And just a bunch of valuable, valuable stuff there. So one of the, one of the automations I created there, as I was saying, is that you can see things that are doing, you can track your metrics, you can track your company. You can even track your company revenue. Like every time you get a payment, you can put it in a Slack or, or a CRM or a document and then have a formula with Excel that counts it. So you know at the end of every month how much cash you collected, how much of that is revenue, et cetera. For example, I did this for a recruitment company and they, they manually recruit candidates for different job positions every single day. Right. And they were having a kind of a hard time because counting the numbers is not that easy. Sometimes people make mistakes. So I say, okay, I'm going to create an automation that counts how many applications we got on a daily basis, remove duplicates, and then send the details, send the results every night to a Slack channel. So we get in a Slack channel. Slack is a team communication platform. I was going to ask what that is. Yeah, Slack is a team communication platform. Yeah, um, that can replace many things, by the way. It can replace email, text, especially if you have a company and you have all your team communication is all over the place. Mm-hmm. If your team communication is all over the place, then I strongly recommend that you use Slack. Anyways, in Slack, you can have channels of different information. So... You don't have your information scattered around, mm-hmm. but you have a one channel for this, one channel for invoices, one channel for uh, day of, daily reports, one channel for client problems, etc. So we send a lot of manual, sorry, a lot of automated data there. So yeah, and that means that you that whenever you pay a salary, you're optimizing the person's salary. That's another function and benefit of automation is that. Instead of paying for something that can be automated and overpaying, then you can squeeze the juice out of every employee. 
because you don't have any more to yeah you don't have any more to to do it yourself but there's an automation doing it for you Gotcha. No, I didn't want to interrupt, but I um, I was smiling when you were talking about humans can make mistakes because I had somebody that um, was sending out mass text messages for me. Yeah. And they were using like one of the, I don't remember which one it was, Haymarket or something like that. But it had to be ran by a human. It wasn't fully automated. It was, I mean, kind of a pain. But anyway, so... I had it on my phone, so I got notifications. Well, I was started getting all these nasty text notifications on my phone. And I'm like, what in the heck is happening? So this person who I love and adore, but he was an older guy and he kept sending the text message out to the same people, the exact same text message. So instead of like going to the next layer of the spreadsheet and putting those people in, he was literally sending the same message to these people. And I think it was like 10 times that they got the same message. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, but so yeah, that's why I was smiling when you were talking about humans can make mistakes. And if that was automated, theoretically, we wouldn't have had that mistake. I mean, automations can make mistakes too. It's not perfect, mm-hmm. but but it's easier to catch a mistake from an automation early on. Yeah. And the mistake of the automation is probably due to the human putting it in. So <laughs> at least me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... As far as, you know, automation, is there anything that you wanted to touch on on that before we move on to, to something else? We can touch very, one of one of the coolest things I built for somebody was a client onboarding sequence. Okay. And yeah, that took its onboarding time from like, so there's something in the agency space and it's not just in the digital marketing agency space, but any any service provider Maybe not a coach because coaching is a little different. You, you're not really doing the work for them. You, you're teaching them and then they have to do the work. It's whenever you're doing a service for a client, there is a time. There is always a time between when the client pays and then when the work gets done. Mm-hmm. And between that time frame, throughout that time frame, there are different touch points that might be there or might not be there. And a client, if if a client is not properly onboarded, they might feel like they are being neglected. They are being kind of like uh, forgotten. So automation can help that your client onboarding is more efficient. So a lot of the things you're doing manually can be done automatically. And then that means the client can be delivered faster. That means you can increase client satisfaction and client client fulfillment. You can take on more clients. Mm And let's say if you're client onboarding, for example, for this client, I was I was helping him. It was taking him five hours for to create his Facebook ads for every client. But in reality, okay, those are five hours when you work in a row. But in reality, if you have a busy day, then those five hours, most likely you're not going to take five hours off your day to do that, right? That's going to be one hour today, one hour tomorrow, one hour tomorrow. So mm-hmm. that time leads across many days. Instead, when those tasks were automated, now he can launch clients faster because um, he has like a lot of the work done for him. For example, his ad copy templates, they are auto-filled for him. So he sent me the ad copy templates in a Google Doc. And now with the automations, we populate the fields from his client onboarding form. Mm-hmm. Oh, now wow. he won't, Yeah, now it takes like an hour instead of five hours. And that's time that he can use for onboarding for uh, more productive things. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we tend to not realize all of the um, the things that things that we spend our time on that we wouldn't necessarily need to, right? Because we, I mean, we do spend a lot of time with, like you were saying, you know, things on on paper or even um, you know, copy and pasting stuff instead of having it automated. So, yeah. Exactly. And it's not a sexy topic. Like everybody says, you know, I want more clients. I want more leads. I want more clients. I want more leads. But in reality, just think about what could you do? Like if you want, if you have more leads and the leads go wasted, there is no nurturing. There is no communication. There is no, there is no sort, there is no sort of tracking the leads. There is no sort of, um, there is no way of reactivating the old leads. Then it's, it's worthless. Like you're just throwing money down the drain. Yeah. Instead, if you have systems and automations in place to handle the leads, then it's easier to convert them into appointments and it's easier to convert them into paying clients. Yeah. That's well, something have, you can do with automations. Yeah. I have a friend that um, she started a mailing list and um, she didn't have a CRM or anything like that. And I didn't realize it, but she, so she wasn't doing like the, you know, an email you can like do BCC everybody. She wasn't doing that. She was by hand emailing this newsletter to each person. So she would email it to me and hit send and then email it to you and then hit send. And all these people that were on this mailing list. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you need a CRM so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's not efficient. No. I've been there. Because many years ago, I didn't know about this. And yeah, it's a hassle. Yeah, well, we live and we learn, right? Exactly. So... Yeah. We've talked about automation and the importance of that. And I'll make sure that I drop your info in case anybody um, wants to learn more or is looking for somebody to do that. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite like, <laughs> what happened? I just said I have to sneeze. That's what my weird look. This is why I don't um, air in video because people would see me like waving my sneeze off my face. <laughs> oh, I do. I do that. Like, I, yeah, I put like pants all over the place all the time. <laughs> So I'm dropping my Facebook URL here in the group description. I'm going to drop my Great. YouTube as well. Yeah. Perfect. So I know that you have got a, a fun hobby. I don't know if we're calling it what we're calling it, a hobby or what, but something that you, and we've talked about this the last time we, we, we didn't record. We should have recorded that call because it was a great conversation. Uh -huh. Really? Um, but your you were telling me about your hobby and you've got goals in that. So tell us a little bit about it because I think it's super cool and I love watching seeing your Facebook posts about it. Yeah, I'm actually, I mean, I'm I consider myself very competitive, you know, and one of the reasons why I'm I like automations a lot is because there is there wasn't when I at least when I started, is it, it was a very it's a it's still a very blue ocean opportunity. There aren't that many people heavily advertising it. I think like in Apex and there are probably four or five people doing it actively and there are thousands of people, right? Instead, maybe for other things like marketing agencies, there are more uh, roofing insurance, maybe pretty much any other niche, there are more people doing it. So I say, okay, I can do something that there are less people. That means that hypothetically doing less marketing and sales, I could get more clients just because it's a blue ocean. Mm -hmm. So I kind of worked smart. I worked sort of smart there, not trying to avoid working hard because I'm no stranger to working hard. And I, I can do work hard when time needs it for sure. But 
I like to find things that are untapped. You know what I mean? I think that's a trait of neurodivergent people, my be, so I am. I don't like, I don't love trying to do what everybody else does. Yeah. I like kind of finding my own way, my own things, my own, my own passion. So um, I always liked, many years ago, I, I, I used to watch um, some dance shows in Peru in, on TV. And I originally found it a little bit silly, you know, like, oh, they're wasting time there. But I started kind of liking it. And then I thought to myself, crazily, oh, I, can, I could do this, you know, that seemed, it seemed, it seemed pretty easy. Sounds pretty easy. Seems pretty easy. So I started um, doing it on my own, like practicing in the mirror. And I, I, I thought, at least I thought I was, <laughs> I was pretty good at it. And then as time passed, I started doing it in my school. And I, I noticed people were watching, like people were, you know, piquing their interest. So I said, oh, maybe, maybe I'm doing something right, you know, not necessarily good, but out of the ordinary, at least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and- if you catch people's attention, especially in these days, it's not that easy to catch people's attention. So... If you do, you might be doing something right. There's a possibility. There's no guarantee, but there's a possibility you're doing something at least different and could be or could not be good, but you could use it to your favor. So, so what I did is started researching what are, like, how can I take this to a, how can I give this some structure? So now I what, started. Let's specify real quick. Cause I, I know, but I don't know that what kind of dancing do you do? Well, now I do. I've done a lot. I've done breakdance. Okay. I've done uh, really? salsa. Yeah. Um, I need like to think dance in the floor. Actually, actually, Danny Galvez in in the in the first Apex Live that I went, that was that was um, August. Yeah, August something. He yeah, he actually called me on stage. He called like ten people on stage. Yeah. And he has them to dance, and it felt like pretty weird because I thought I was going to an event where it's like sales. We're gonna talk about sales. We're gonna talk about crushing the day, waking up at 4.30, doing a thousand push-ups. And I was like, hmm, interesting. This guy is asking me to dance. Like, is he in front of me or what? And I actually did pretty well because I, I know how to do it. And some people ask me like, hey, like, what, do you take lessons or what? That was pretty good. And I mean, I've been doing it for many years, right? So yeah. I, I, better, I better do a good job. Otherwise, I wouldn't, I, uh, I don't know. I like to push myself harder. Yes. And I realized that I want to be very good at what I do in my career, but I also want to be very good at what I do in my hobby. But I don't want to have, I don't want to have as anything. I like yeah. doing things as, as good as I can. So I started getting serious with dance uh, around a few years ago and taking it to the next level. Like seeing, I start, I check a lot of videos of, like, you know, successful dancers of different times. And I say, okay, what were they doing? Did they innovate? Did they come up with new trends? Did, I come, did they come up with new patterns, with new styles? And I tried to incorporate that. And I just had a showcase, actually. I had one of my, no, it was not my first showcase. My first showcase, I had it like seven years ago in 2015. It was in a, in a dance studio. I had another showcase. At my college, actually, North Central College, I had another showcase. I did, I produced my own show. And actually, that's that appeared in the news 
That's cool. Yeah. That was for me an entrepreneurial experience more than an artistic one because I had to, I realized that if you want to be an artist, that you're an, you're an, you're an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. You're marketing yourself, you're, you're finding spaces. So I found, I found myself a space uh, at the college, which was free for students to use. Nice. And people didn't know it was free. So I started because I didn't have any money back then. I was absolutely broke in college. Um, I said, okay, I want to do a dance show. Nobody's helping me. Nobody's supporting me. Nobody's endorsing me. But the theater department gave me a space to do for, for one day. I could use that space for free. It was a small theater. Mm-hmm. Like 100 people fit in there easily. More, probably 200. All crammed up. So I said, okay, I'm going to use all the resources at hand. So I put together a show. I found the dancers. It was mostly girls I had met uh, that knew how to dance couple of guys um some people dropped the day of the show go figure like the day of the show like the oh, day wow. they were going to perform two girls dropped i had to re- find a replacement uh on the spot like it was a very stressful experience i had to improvise a lot of things i actually improvised two of the of the numbers that that night oh really fortunately, yeah fortunately i'm prepared i have a big i could say like a, a big bibliography uh, I have a lot of references when it comes to it. So I can put something on a whim. Like right now I say, okay, this music. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'll, I'll do this. So I know how to think on my feet that actually has helped me a lot as an entrepreneur, because in, as a business owner, you have to think on your feet. Things change all the time. You know, you have to be ready for changes. Like, okay, today there is COVID. I mean, not today, but two years ago, there was COVID. Okay. Now things are changing. You have to adapt period. Things happen fast. Mm-hmm. So that experience, maybe I'm going a little bit of tangent, but that experience helped me a lot. Yeah. Because I produced my own dance show. And at the same time, I, I, it was an entrepreneurial experience. I marketed it. I marketed it pretty well. It was a free show. But any, anyways, I love the free events they did in college. Nobody, nobody attended. They had very poor attendance. Even the theater shows, the professionals, they had very poor attendance. My show, which was free, nobody had supporting me. I had 60 people showing up. That's awesome. Yeah, it was like all, all what the theater could handle that day. All through either word of mouth, I promoted it on Snapchat, on Instagram, on Facebook. People came. So I realized, mm, you know, maybe am I good at marketing? Could be. This is, could be that I'm pretty good at marketing, you know. Maybe maybe not, but yeah. at, some, at that point, I thought I was. Well, there's so there's probably so many things from that experience that you pull from now and what you do and well in the future. So that's awesome that you did that. Just, yeah. What made you want to what made you want to do your own showcase? Just felt the urge. Originally I was majoring in theater. Like this okay. system of automation is not uh, there is no there's no major in college to study this. <laughs> this is something that you're learning online courses. Uh super that's the truth. I mean, most stuff that you learn in entrepreneurship is not taught in, in college courses. Mm-hmm. Like in, in what, what Stuman teaches, right? Ryan Stuman, build your machine, you know, create a Facebook group, create a podcast. Like none of that. I've taken marketing classes in college. They never talked about podcasts, never talked about YouTube channel. Crazy, crazy, crazy. How can, how can they be so behind? Anyway, so I was majoring in theater and I... I when I was majoring in theater, you know, I had a different idea of what 
what the program should have been. I mean, I'm very, very vocal about what I think. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Yeah. They had more of a, more of a perhaps social justice uh, approach, like doing a lot of plays with a message. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I found that I think people like when they go to a theater to see movement. Doesn't necessarily have to be dance, but they like to see action, you know? Plays are maybe too boring or too, they might have a great message and they might be philosophical. Yeah, but people, at least in the US, most of people, I'm sure, they go, they go to venues to go to be entertained, you know? Yep. Maybe in Europe it will be different, I'm sure. And, and in some countries, maybe people audiences react different, but I was saying a lot of the of the plays they were doing, a lot of the shows they were doing with very low attendance. And I think I was thinking already there like a marketer. I think, no, this is not good. Why don't they do a dance show? You know, something that is more active that mm-hmm. people want to be energized. Uh, the, the, the problem was most people there didn't know how to dance. <laughs> so I found an opportunity there and I said, yeah. oh, I'm going to do something different, you know? And I didn't agree with a lot of what the, what the professor said, you know, they had a, they had a very strong, um, I mean, they had, they had very, very big personalities, very strong opinions, and I just couldn't, I just didn't agree with many of the things they were doing. So I said, I'm going to took the reins by my hand. I'm going to do things my own way. I'm going to do my own show. And I asked for, I didn't, what it's called an independent study. So I created my own course, my own college course to do this. That's awesome. Yeah, I took like a few credits of a semester of a, it was terms there, not semester. It was 10 weeks. Each term was 10 weeks at my college, a little bit different schedule. Um, so I took like a class and I got an advisor who was a, one of the theater teachers said, okay, can you advise me? Yeah, you don't have to do almost anything. I'm going to do all the work. You just sign here. <laughs> Go figure. That's Smart, right? super cool. Yeah, well, that's super cool though. And I'm with so you. I created, I created my own course in college that didn't yeah. exist because there was there was no a choreography course. There was no, I mean, there was a choreography course which I took. There was not like a like a theater production course where you put on your own your own things. And so I innovated. I ca- I came up with my own things. I designed. I say, okay, the show should be this. This should be the lighting. This should be the the schedule. It's like I did my own event, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you're an entrepreneur and you, you, you're doing your own event, right? Yeah, you should. I mean, that should be a, a thing that they teach. Yeah, what I'm saying, but it's not like yeah. typically if you go to college, they don't teach no. you how to run an event. No, right? but they should. I that created should be my own course. <laughs> I created my own course and I did my own coursework. And the final product was doing this dance show. That was mm-hmm. like the, the final product. Yeah. So I practiced. It was a hustle, by the way. Like a lot of people didn't know, show, didn't show up to the rehearsals, you know. I had to pull a lot of things on short notice and I had to, as I'm saying, think on my feet, mm-hmm. which helps a lot as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that, yeah. so. The show was actually pretty successful for, first of all, the budget was zero, literally zero. We had nothing of budget. Like I had to, I had to take all the free resources as possible. There was a print shop for the college where I could make flyers. Okay. I did the flyers for free programs all for free costumes. We didn't have any, any outfits. We just, we just showed up with like regular clothes, you know, um, chairs, there were chairs there. We, we took chairs. I asked for help for a few people. 
So yeah, it was all bootstrapped and it was a success. Is that something that you'll do again? Do you ever have any interest of doing that again? Of course. Yeah. Once, once I save at least a hundred thousand dollars in cash, I'll do a show in Peru, but like full fledged, like I'm going to rent a theater. I'm going to do it the right way. Why in Peru? Yeah, because in Peru, it's it's if if you have dollars, then it it quadruples. It's four times. Yeah, in Peru, the currency it's uh, uh, 25 percent of dollar. See, I was so, gonna say yeah. I will. I'll whenever you get it, let me know. I'll fly in to watch. But definitely in Peru, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna do it even if you did it in like Florida. But Peru, I'm down. Oh, I mean that's it's a big ass to to. Uh, here's the thing, like. If you live, I don't know if you've ever traveled to South America, but if you earn in dollars, whatever you earn in dollars multiplies in most countries of the world, especially in, in South America, for example. If you go to Argentina, uh, $1 is, is like 100, yes, yeah, exactly 197 pesos. So if you live on $5,000 a month, you're basically a millionaire in Argentina. In, in Peru, it's not, it's not that crazy conversion, like the economy is stronger. So it's, it's not the same number, but still, if you, if you live in Peru with like $2,000 a month, uh, in Peru, that takes you very, very far. That's where I'm from, Lima. Takes you very far. You can go to nice restaurants. You can go to the beach. You can go to many, many nice places. I would dare to say even on 1500, you can live like a king. Wow. Well, yeah. I, make sure you let me know when you, when you do it. Cause that's super cool. I love that you're going to do it again. Yeah, I'll do it again and I'll do it the right way, like with actual, actual professionals and advisors, like actual people who are doing it, you know, well, so you I can learn all those ahead. lessons that you can yeah. put into, into it. So very cool. Well, we are, we're running low on time. We've got like three minutes left. Yeah. Uh, so, so to recap what I do now, yeah, yeah, what I do now is I do a, a style called international Latin. That's of course as a hobby because my, my main career is. Uh, my marketing automations and systems is my business. And then on the side, I, I do, that's my, on my personal life, I do dance. And I'm planning to compete in the national competition this year, which is in Orlando. They have, there's a national, which is like an Olympic national. It's a high, high profile. It's a, uh, like a full competition with judges and, and there's a, um, a podium. Yeah. It's like a very, very serious competition. Well, that's exciting. When is that? U.S. National, USDC, USDC, United States Dance Championship. That's September, first week of September. That's exciting. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. we are going to have to book another time slot to talk about the neurodivergent thing because I think we can, oh, we can ramble and go on and on about that. But That's a topic for 10 hours, honestly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Especially whenever I get off on my little tangents. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was 45 minutes. Whoops. But so where is the, I know I'm going to drop all the links you've given me, but as far as social media or website, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to reach out? Perfect. My Instagram, I'm dropping it, which I recovered, by the way, after almost a year with no Instagram. Oh, wow. I recovered it from a guy who does it for like, he, he recovers accounts for as his business. Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have Instagram, Facebook, and my YouTube channel. Those three places. Awesome. Well, I am going to um, make sure that that all gets dropped in the comments. Yeah. And is there, so before we before we close out, is there anything else that you want to leave people with? Any advice or anything that we didn't cover yet? 
uh, well, three things perhaps just to recap, like automate before delegating, eliminate before automating, and then use the free time to do your passions. Like dance is for me. I love that. See, look at you tying it all together. <laughs> right. Everything ties together. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, I mean, that's brilliant though, because if you look at, you know, we used to do those time logs at the office where we had everybody like figure out how much time you're wasting. And um, there was so much on there that in hindsight could have been automated and opened up time for other things. So I will, um, I'll make sure that we get all your information. So listeners, if that is something that speaks to you that you're interested in, there's going to be links below. Make sure you guys click them. Um, and so Christian, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy, so I am grateful for your time. Absolutely. And we'll have to do it. Like I said, we're going to have to do another like three hour long episode oh, to talk yeah. about neurodivergence. Are you going to to life? I'm not. No, not this time. Yeah. I think you told me that. Yeah. I love your background. Is that a, like a, a leopard skin? It's so this is, um, um, oh my goodness. I think it's like Dalmatian. Gotcha. It's just fuzzy fabric. And then my little. Oh. Have you yeah. seen um, the movie Get Him to the Greek? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm going to send you a link. So it's a it's a comedy, but the um, there's a scene in it where yeah. they take. A, oh, yeah, there the, you guy go. Take, the guy takes bad drugs and they say when you, the Jeffrey, when life hands you a Jeffrey, stroke the furry wall. And yes, that is like, I don't do drugs, but I love my furry wall. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I don't do drugs. Imagine, imagine. Imagine how much I would think and overthink and oof, go yeah. somewhere else. It wouldn't no, be I good. Can't. Not for no. me. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Christian. Thank you for your time. Sure. Thank you guys for listening again. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. See you, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of All About the Benefits. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends.